This is Living in the Past, and we are here for the month of May, 1990, a month that nothing happened. <laughs> no, actually, a lot of stuff happened, and I'm talking about uh, not, not a strong month for movie and music and TV releases, but, you know, it's uh, up there. I don't know about music. Music? Oh! M- music's not terrible. Yeah, we got our first... Um, uh, Hello. Oh, sorry, yeah, this is Ben, sorry, this is, and I'm Paul. Uh, we, yeah, we got our first uh, Seattle release of the ninth of, the, of this year yes yeah. technically yeah well first decent Seattle release i'm not sure the mother love bone would have been out yes they would have been yeah yeah that, um, they would have released apple um so yeah we are as always talking about the month the year of 1990 and may uh, the month that we're talking about today uh, before we do anything else so we talk about what we're doing right now and what we're listening to right now so this is living in the now Uh, what are you listening to? Uh, I forgot about this bit. Um, <laughs> uh, most, mostly, unfortunately, just to come back to where I always come back to, it's been a bit of a Pearl Jam week. Pearl Jam week? So yeah. you were, um, so you've, you told me that you rewatched um, the PJ20. We watched that last night. Is that like a yearly or half yearly? I don't think I've seen it since it came out. Really? Yeah, it's been a long time. I do it yearly. Yeah, it's something with like heat and um, zodiac. Yeah, I don't have the same time that you seem to have. <laughs> I just watch stuff in intermission, though, in, in in parts. But uh, I've been having a a good week, so Pearl Jam is my good mood music. Ah, week, cool. So um, now, do you want it. to tell everyone that you are featured on the PJ Twenty? Oh, if you want to bring it up. <laughs> but like, I didn't, you, I didn't you... even think about that. But the Why thing yes, is, like. Not the one that anyone that would have bought it in the shops have got. Like you, you were on the third, well, third or fourth I, disc of on, the special hang collectors on, hang edition. On. No, no. <laughs> if you got the Blu-ray PJ Twenty, there's a fan segment yeah. section on there. Okay. Where I'm briefly featured. Um, if you got the DVD, it's on the fans disc. Okay. Cool. Just, just pointing that out. That's yeah, no. Yeah, I've seen it before. It's a, it's a good. It's a you solid. It it's a solid minute and a twenty six seconds. Uh, it's, it's good. That's a long time. <laughs> I wish it was that long. Um, I've uh, I watched Goldeneye. I don't know why. Ooh, it's, what do you mean? Well, I'm I'm sort of going through the Bonds again because I'm listening to a podcast that's, that's detailing the Bonds with my man Gawley. Right. Of course. <laughs> my the crush. Gore. Um, so what I watched the, the Pierce Brosnan ones and I, I wasn't, I've never been a Bond fan, so I didn't watch them in cinemas or anything like that back in the 95. So yeah, I'm, uh, watching, Go- I watched Goldeneye. I'm now starting on Tomorrow Never Dies. Hang on. Back to Goldeneye though. Like that was a classic. That was. Have you watched it recently? That's not important. <laughs> I played the game recently. That's still good. Is it on anything new? Can Is you the get, game on anything new? Yeah, like, can you get it? It would be on I, Switch. I feel like they've redone it or they were going to redo it. Well, they redid it. Remember they released that game called Perfect Dark, which was basically the that same. That was pretty good. Yeah, but that was like, that's GoldenEye, but like, I think they lost the license for it and they're like, no, it's called this now. Yeah, and it's a lady. <laughs> um, the other thing I've watched was Never Hike in the Snow, which is a fan-made Friday the 13th movie, and it's really, really good. They've is actually, it long? 
It's like 30, 30 minutes. Nice. Uh, That's not a movie. <laughs> if it's on Letterboxd, it's a movie. <laughs> uh, and then uh, follow me on Letterboxd, P.D. Lomston. Uh, we... It's it's actually got two of the um, actors from the sixth one in it. Um, I, I I was really impressed. I liked the first one, Never Hike Alone, a little bit better, but this one's pretty good. I I would love it to just like um have many more installments. Is so. it is it recently made? Yeah, this year. Oh yeah. Have you been listening to anything specific? Uh oh, Mountain Goats released their new album uh, as of today. So once again, dating the podcast, but yeah, Getting Into Knives was released, and um, I've listened to that pretty solidly all through today. And uh, they've released a few singles beforehand, so I was like, yeah, it's good. It's I mean, it's always going to be good, but like not necessarily. Nah, well, I'll always give it like a well, no, that's that's not that's not true. But like, it's it's really good, and it's um, it's their third album in like a year and a half, like. The lead singer released a um, solo album earlier this year, and then this one was released. Um, they recorded it pre-COVID, and it's really good. So. Do you find when you come to bands like later in their career that you can't divide the early and later work the same? Like it's all like obviously it's different because I've yeah. heard the early stuff and it's a lot rougher. Yeah, but like you can't differentiate when you, like people usually love the early stuff and hate the later stuff. Yeah, but when you come to them later. And you maybe start with the later stuff. Yeah, I definitely got that with like stuff like the Whole Steady. Like my favorite album, album for Whole Steady is like Stay Positive, and that was like their third or fourth album. Um, but heaps of other people love their second album way more. And I mean, even Mountain Goats fans, like if you look at like the forums and like the the groups, and they're like, "Oh, this new stuff's not good because it's not like." recorded through a tape deck and sounding <laughs> shitty <laughs> it's like and it's like going back to that whole the uber fan thing like from your band Pearl Jam would have the worst um <laughs> they just or the best mm, yeah. depends on your perspective yeah um it's like with the Pearl Jam stuff like I mean I've listened to uh Gigaton a few times now and like it doesn't grab me as like um say even Backspacer would but it's it'll get there it definitely will get there yeah it's definitely better than Backspacer yeah. Now, to, speaking of bands from the nineties <laughs> that are still around now, to the actual nineties, uh, let's get into some of the events that happened in this month, and we we have a few. Um, the preliminary talks to end apartheid were happening, so it's um it's a long it was a long road and doesn't happen until later later on in 1990 but the talks were, were starting this i put this in there because it was, it was interesting to read there was there was um widespread shock that mick jagger and david bowie had slept together that was like one of the things that came out in 1990 oh. it was such a landmark thing it's like really those two yeah it's funny like knowing the rumors now like yeah. i never stopped to think when they actually came out and people's reactions i was just like look at them of course, it probably. <laughs> yeah, well, this is also like a couple of decades on from people like when the village people was like, "Oh, really? Them? Oh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah." So it's probably not like I mean these days. It's like it's kind of part of the it, it, it's part of the makeup of a celebrity to have like an affair or like a, a tryst with someone like and whether it be like gay or, or straight it's like it's just so commonplace now it would not be a thing it would not be a thing although i can't even saying that i can't imagine like uh, sam smith and ed sheeran having an affair 
Well, one of them straight and married, so that I can't think well, of. Well, so was Mick Jagger. Oh, touche. Yeah. Oh, that was an excellent example. <laughs> well done, Ben. Um, oh, man, I, I, I want that rumor to be true. Um, 1990 let's, let's, let's was also... Let's get it going. Yeah, I was listening to the start of the meal. Um, it was happening a bit in the 80s, but the 90s was really when... Uh, Dishing the dirt on celebrities became a big thing. Um, earlier this on other episodes, we talked about my main man Kelsey Grammer <laughs> getting done for drink driving. Um, one of the big uh, things of this month was Tom Cruise was picked up for speeding in South Carolina. And what are you doing in South Carolina. Well, oh, recording Days of Thunder. Ah, and good then man. everyone and then everyone's like going, that was like it was the the most perfect marketing campaign. It's like. Oh, he's doing it in real life. Oh, oh, Tom. <laughs> it's like, you can't write that. I'm, it almost is like the producer said, hey, can you get caught for speeding down there while you were filming Days of Thunder? That Do you really think he actually film. got caught or was it like a stripper that pulled him over and <laughs> started to grab it? No, that's not, that's, not until, uh, that's not until Hugh Grant in 94. <laughs> yes. Do you know what I found out about him? That Well, that, that incident, and we'll talk about it when we get there. Um, that... Uh, sealed the deal for Jay Leno as a Tonight Show host because that was the first big get he got as when he took over Damn from it, Hugh. Yeah, cuz um no one else did. would touch him and then like that night after he ever was revealed he was he was doing the show and he came on and then like Jay Leno's like yeah, yeah, yeah. and then like <laughs> and everyone's like oh Jay you're awesome and then he was on there for another like 15 fucking years oh. doing exactly yeah. oh, man yeah. more on him later um we also had a um, big thing happened over on, on the Saturday Night Live set. Um, they had Andrew Dice Clay on. And you've ever, have you ever heard Andrew Dice Clay? Yes, I have. And I've also seen him on America's MKR. What's the MKR? Carrier, My Kitchen Rules. Oh, how was he? Uh, he actually wasn't too bad. So back, if you don't know who Andrew Dice Clay is, I don't want you to YouTube him because it's, it's a waste of your time. He's an offensive Fonzie. Basically. He's an offensive Fonzie... <laughs> Fonzie, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's a misogynistic, uh, sometimes racist, very sexist Fonzie. Um, so he went on, so he was, he was booked on Saturday Night Live. And just quickly, I don't think you can be sometimes racist. He's just, oh, okay. Well, yeah, he he's just racist. racist. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then he would also say that it's a, it's a character that he's playing. But like, it was one of those things of like, if you're doing that, it's like, um, if you're playing, like you know Stephen Colbert, Col- Stephen Colbert yeah. played it, played a um, played a parody of himself for the Colbert Show as like a right wing, um, and he did it really well because you knew that he was like really taking the piss out of like that sort of thing. Andrew Dice Clay claims he was mocking the person, the people who who were into him, but like then he became one of them. It's like, well, you're not mocking him anymore. Like you're just feeding the fire. Yeah. Um. So Nora Dunn, who was on the show. Uh, boycotted the episode and also Sinead O'Connor who was due to be on the show too boycotted it who and, had a, a big hit previously with Nothing Compares to You yes yep so that and so like you know at that time really really and then don't worry we'll get some more of Sinead O'Connor and Saturday Night Live further down the line because she did some stuff on that show oh do you remember the no okay oh. well <laughs> stay tuned <laughs> um there were like uh some um so and the actual show I read a couple of articles about it. Like it wasn't, it was a little bit tame by comparison. Everyone thought he was going to be like, um, really, really sort of misogynistic and, and, and bad. But like there was one skit with him and, um, 
Mike Myers and they were they used a lot of bleeps and lots of stuff and yeah. it's like it's just it's pretty painful uh but then um there and there was some apparently in the crowd there was um, some protesters during his monologue but they were escorted out by police yeah. um but apart from that it was it was a bit of a fizzer like everyone expected it to be like this big thing and then um and Lorne Michaels sort of just sort of defended it saying you know we we get people from everywhere and all sorts of stuff but like he's made some questionable decisions they obviously time. were keen on like a little bit of drama oh yeah but like i mean that's that's pretty kind of scandalous yeah. um so then uh uh we also have that that month kelsey grammar um finished his prison sentence for this dui he actually went to jail for he it? went to three 30 days of prison wow wow <laughs> can you imagine in prison and you bum a smoke off of Kelsey Grammer. And this is pre-Frasier, but he was definitely in Jeers. This is also pre-Sideshow Bob going to jail. Again, the yeah, Simpsons... No, it would have... It would have... Oh, wait. They don't see the future. They're seeing the past. Yeah. <laughs> they... Well, it would have aired this year, but he would have done the... He would have done the... Um, the the robbery one. The first one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, man, I'm, I would... <laughs> the only time I would ever want to be in prison is if I could, like, look over and, like... Well, that guy's looks very disheveled in his hair. Oh, six Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> oh, really? Come on. <laughs> you have wounded me. Um, one of the biggest things, and this is the thing that I couldn't, I could not believe. So the World Health, Health Organization, um, who does good work and people who lead them. Uh, who does good work. Well who does good work. Um, and people who are threatening to leave them are definitely in the wrong. But, <laughs> It, in 1990, it took homosexuality off of its list of mental illnesses. 1990. In 1990. So, that means up until then, you know, and then, I mean, I can't imagine that, like, every doctor took that on board either, so or every physician yeah. or every specialist. Uh, well, as disgusting a- as that is, I'm pretty sure there's places that still believe in conversion therapy right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. In this country and in countries around the world. Uh, there's a lot, actually, I think, um, one month that we've already done the Queensland, uh, in 1990 said like, you know, what two guys do in their own time is like their business. But up until then, I think you could be arrested for it too. So it's, uh, it's, it's just, it's mad because like it's, it's 30 years on now, but like back in 1990, you'd think that like, this thing's not something that would be taken out in 1950 or 1960. Yeah. Uh, it's just really, really weird. So, and that's more and more we sort of peel back to the nineties. There's, there's some, there's some stuff there. There's. A... I feel like it's always centered, like not to make this come across sexist, um, but it always seems to center around two men. Yeah, yeah, I, like, I noticed that too. Men don't like to see men with other men, but men like to see women with other women. Yeah, and it's just like it really. Yeah, I've noticed that across the board too. That it's it's always centered on like more men, men, man and man. So yeah, that just blew my mind. Like it's 1990 and, and it's finally taken off of there. Uh, we also had some very sad deaths all in one day. Um, we had Jim Henson and Sammy Davis Jr. die on the same day. Oh. Uh, Jim Henson did his last uh, interview with uh he was on the Arsenio Hall show, which I've been watching more and more of on YouTube. And man, I wish Arsenio Hall came back. Um, yeah, he was a big deal, huh? He was funny, and then like the whole Leno Letterman thing like killed him. Like 
not literally, <laughs> but like killed his show. Like it's um, they basically said like we're we're only sort of dealing with them. The explode after that was the explosion. as like Conan came on, and then um, a bunch of other like uh, I think Dennis Miller had a show. Uh, so yeah, and Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, he died. Well, Jim Henson died um because um, he got like a relatively normal infection and then uh just didn't didn't go to the hospital and just got worse and worse and they're just yeah classic man (laughs) she'll be right uh and the u.s and ussr um promised funny Mm -hmm. years to end production of chemical weapons so and that worked out fine yep uh nothing more (laughs) um and within a landmark uh for soccer dads and soccer mums all over australia the Toyota Land Cruiser was first went on sale and uh, has been oh. um, ruining people's uh, blind spots ever since. I thought you were actually going to mention sports. No, <laughs> no, just uh, just people who think that if they need a car, they need to be able to like crush other cars in its wake. Well, since we're talking about soccer mums and dads, let's lead into the the big news <laughs> of mate. Why is this funny? Because it's I don't know sports. It's, it's funny it's that you're news. a sports guy. Okay, cool. I need like a little sports tune and like yeah. a drum roll. Oh, we should do the um the national nine news one. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I would have gone for the Alan Partridge music, but whatever. <laughs> Um, so in May 1990, and this, I don't know how podcasts work, but people can't see me, can they? No, they can't. Okay. Um, <laughs> I am sporting my 2001 Leeds United shirt. I thought you just like Strongbow. No, I, I hate Strongbow, <laughs> but it's a cool shirt. It is. Um, they beat Bournemouth on the last game of the year to win the league. So that's the league. League. It was division two. <laughs> um... So they went up into Division One, which that following year became the Premier League. Right. So, oh, so the Premier League became called the Premier League in 1991. Yes, I believe okay. so. I've got to start doing some more sports. <laughs> this is why I'm here. That's why you're here. Uh, cool. Um, in, in Saturday news, uh, the Seattle Supersonics did not make any sort of finals that year and uh, oh, really? away into the summer. So why aren't they around anymore? Hmm. We'll get to that in uh, 2007. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get like, you know, 100 Vicky Mortos go. Yeah, we'll get there. All right, so let's move on to film. Okay, but one of the big things um, in film is that we, um, the Universal logo uh, changed for the first time in like a bunch of years. So instead of having like, so what it used to be would be like, you'd have the, the picture of the globe. And yeah. it would say Universe Pictures, MCA Company underneath. Yeah. But then it changed to that one where it's like actually doing... It comes around. comes around the world. Oh. Um, and the picture... The picture. <laughs> like my dad calls and films pictures and it's just like... Yeah. It's funny. The movie they um, decided to, uh, to unveil this new logo was Back to the Future 3. Good one. Uh, no. Um, no. I mean, <laughs> one of the best Back to the Futures. Oh uh, no! Yeah, I think it is. I I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight to the death in this one, but um, and look, I watched it recently in preparation for this, and it's still just I just still I, don't good. Know. I think it's the western element. I think I just don't care about westerns. Yeah, I just it just doesn't interest me. The second one I will always maintain is like one of the best, um, very bleak sort of family action movies I've ever seen. It used to scare me as a child. Why are it like? 
the second film and trilogy is always a bit too dark. I think you got you got to push. They got you got to Empire. Empire did the set the tone for that. It's like you're gonna go. Uh, everyone's gonna lose, and then we'll we'll bring them back up in the third one. Set so this is the Back to the Future is a great example of how the third one did not deliver. <laughs> but it, like that's a gamble. If, if your movie busts, or mm. if you make a dark film, and they're like, oh, that didn't go very well. You're not getting a third one. Oh yeah. Then it ends on on garbage. And if you can think of. Uh, a film that opened up for a third one but it never happened, please let us know on uh, livingthepast.gmail.com. Uh, we also got, that came out this uh, this month, we had Bird on a Wire, which was the Mel Gibson, uh, Goldie Horn one. Classic film mm. that I can't remember seeing. I watched it recently and this is when mm. I, and look, I'm, I know I'd do it, but I don't potentially particularly like or agree with cancel culture per se. I find watching Mel Gibson in particular very hard to do after everything that's come. Yeah, he's... I mean, cancel culture is... You judge them each on their own merits. Yeah. And I feel like Mr. Gibson has had enough chances now that I he's feel that if, not redeemed himself. If you are already like not highly sort of looked up to... Um, you know, son of a um, Holocaust denier and, and many sort of, <laughs> <laughs> many sort of uh, uh, um, scraps around Hollywood. But then to double up on your um, anti-Semitic remarks by calling someone sugar tits, I think you have to be just, you have to yeah. think that maybe my legacy might not be remembered as quite as well anymore. And then there's been more and more things that have come out like recently um, about him being homophobic and stuff like that too. And it's just like, I just can't. I can't do it anymore. And he like I love Riggs. Yeah, Riggs was the best. And then you know, you like the third one, don't you? I do. Oh, and man. and the fourth one. I can't wait till we do the third one because we might have to do like a separate episode on that. Just the third. Just one. The I don't third like one. it that much. Yeah, I want to like see it's what... good. But... <laughs> we might do a separate episode on just um movies that I can't believe that you like hold a candle for. Let's just do a whole season on B movie. Mm. <laughs> Uh, uh, just for the record, that was a grunt of pleasure. Yeah, Paul gave us Cadillac Man came out. Um, a movie that I'd always seen the front cover to, but never watched. It's got Same. um. All right, so I watched it. Oh, why? <laughs> uh, you, uh, so the premise of this movie is that Robin Williams, who was delightful but not enough to say this movie, is a. Wait, ma- is this the Clint Eastwood film? No. Oh, what am I thinking of? Pink Cadillac? Yes. Yes, not that. Okay. <laughs> uh, Robin Williams is a uh, a car salesman who um, he cheat. Oh no, he doesn't cheat on his wife. He's he's got an ex wife and he's got a daughter. Um, but he's a womanizer and he's not doing really well at his business. And like they basically say that like this place is going to close down and I we need you to sell like as many cars as you can. Otherwise, you're not going to keep your job at the new place. That's the premise of the movie. That also you think. Is this Robin Williams or Robbie Williams? Robin Williams. <laughs> Cheat on his wife? He's in, a sweet No, in man. the movie. Not yeah, the... but I'm not believing that. I'm not buying that. <laughs> no, well, that's, yeah. So he, so he, um, and he has a daughter in the movie. That's, that's very important to remember. Okay. So, uh, the receptionist of the Cadillac, uh, shop or the car, dealership. the car dealership said, I, um, she has a really, um, jealous boyfriend 
played by Tim Robbins, who thinks that he's that she's cheating on him, which she is, at one point, with like a, a bunch of people who worked at the the dealership. Oh, and including he comes, Robin. No, but oh, he ta- he tries to but Robin. he tries to take the dive for her. So then, uh, halfway Literally. through the movie, it's like it's like a comedy about like a failing um, dealership and Robin Williams trying to sell as many cars as possible. Then Tim Robbins comes in with an AK forty seven on his back Ooh. and uh, and smashes into like the dealership and then takes everyone hostage and then sends into a hostage situation. And then that's what the rest of the movie is. What that a twist! Tim Robbins is like, oh, I'm gonna and like he's he's just um. Like he manages, I think he shoots like two people in the arms. Like he, he, he accidentally shoots. Oh, <laughs> he, he comes outside and they think he's gonna um, uh, surrender, and the couple of cops come towards him and he accidentally shoots him and he <laughs> freaks out. It's probably the best part of the entire film. But then at the same time, um, Robin Williams's um, ex-wife um, lets him know that their daughter's missing. What? And that that's never touched on for the rest of the film. It's like a B story, <laughs> and like. What is going on? So, like, they got, like, three stories going on. The, the one that's, like, probably the most um, uh, emotional is, like, given no attention. And then at the end of the film, he... They have, like, one of those happy moments because, like, you know, everything's resolved and his ex-wife comes and is like, oh, look, we found our daughter. She's here. And then they sort of share a joke, but the joke doesn't mean anything because you never see... This is the first time you've seen the daughter the entire time. And it's just really, really, really weird. I gotta say, I like the sound of this film. <laughs> And having just looked at it, and the fact that Fran Drescher is in it, she plays. I'm pretty keen. Robin Williams's uh, mistress, who's actually she actually has a husband. Oh, she has a husband. Oh. Um, and they're at the dealership when it becomes um, a hostage situation, which is pretty funny. Um, I always like seeing sitcom stars before they become well known. Like Fran Drescher was like she was a comedian, then she's she did this film, and I think the nanny came like well, that's late nineties. Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap. Um, I was watching Pretty Woman the other night, and George Stant, like Jason Alexander's in there, and he's like, oh, yeah. he's horrible. Um, but he did a yeah. couple of films, and it's like, oh man, like he, like not saying he didn't need Seinfeld, but like he probably could have gone, keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah he would have done just fine. Uh, we also had uh, one that I believe you watched called Tales from the Dark Side. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> okay, I watched this recently too. The first story... So, um, Tales from the Dark Side is an anthology movie, um, and the the wraparound story is awesome. You've got Debbie Harry, aka Blondie, as this suburban mum who, for some reason, has, like, a nine-year-old kid... Matthew Lawrence. Who's Matthew... Which one? He's Who's Matthew the Lawrence? middle one of the Lawrence brothers. Oh, really? Yeah. What was that show? Brotherly Love? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, he's um, uh, a captive in a house, in a, in a, in a cell... That looks onto her kitchen. A, yeah, pretty hardcore cell. Like a pantry that she's, <laughs> like, she's put, and she basically is. She has said, "I'm going to have people over tonight, and I'm going to cook you. Yeah, and we're going to eat you." And but he's don't like, know what they're going to eat. Like he was a tiny little boy. <laughs> and then, then it's like, oh, um, then she has her, this this huge like storybook from her childhood, like tales from the dark side, and she's and and he tells her stories from that in order to um not be or to to, to, to delay the to delay being inevitable. in so like the first the first story that they do for tales of the dark side is the best because that's got the christian slater uh steve Buscemi, uh julian moore yeah and the guy richard that... sedgwick oh i looked it up while i was 
was like, I know that face. I know that face. I've seen him in things. What's he from? I can't remember. <laughs> but I remember his name going, he does look like Kira I Sedgwick. like how much conviction you said that with and you got no backup information on that. Well, I wasn't expecting follow-up questions. <laughs> Let's cut this section out where I just Richard know Sedwick. Uh, he did, he, did he even say it right? Is it Sedgwick or is it Sedwick? Sedgwick. Sedgwick. Surely it's Kira Sedgwick's brother, right? He's not even Richard, it's Robert. Ah, fuck. <laughs> he is also... That's remember. He is one of the terrorists in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Hang on, do you remember or did you see it? No, I, when I saw his face, I like knew it from then. So like, he's one of the ones that like, um, when uh, Samuel Jackson's coming back with the briefcase bomb, hmm. he's the one that has the American accent. Is like, oh yeah, we'll take care of that. Oh, and then, the like, police car. Yeah, and the, and the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. other dude's like, oh, don't like some kid could come and get yep. that. Yeah, um, and then he gets. I'm assuming he's one of the ones that get killed in the lift with Bruce Willis. Yeah, I can't remember what happens. Remember that? that? Remember that that bit in the lift where he sees the guy's badge number and he knows that it's his friend's yeah. badge number and he's like, oh, "Here's my lottery ticket," and like, there's just blood everywhere. I used to love that scene. I still love that scene. The best, <sighs> the best of the three of them. Oh, sorry, there's more than three of them, right? There's I like four because not just, just not because like Kevin Smith, but like oh. I reckon. Uh, Timothy Olyphant's like excellent yeah. as a bad as a bad guy. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you perfect? <laughs> um, so Robert Sedgwick. Oh yeah, Robert. <laughs> and then the next, the next, the, the middle story is. Uh, Didn't they all intertwine somehow though? No, I just phased in and out. The middle story is about the cat. Oh yeah, that went in the guy's. How good is that? Like. Yeah. That is a long walk to like an interesting payoff. Like, it's not a great acted uh, story. Um, it's got like the old guy in it's um, been in a bunch of um, uh, movies as well. And From it's the 50s. like, yeah, yeah. I oh, know yeah, he was, was like, oh, what's, um, he is dead now. Oh, he's dead now. <laughs> he's in um, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. He's the old guy in that. He does the voice for the um, doctor in Nightmare Before Christmas. He's like um, the guy, with the the bull guy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I wonder when he started playing old characters. (laughs) You know those actors where just they suit a role so well. Like, were you ever anything else? It's like you are going to just be old now. Uh, you're 55, but you look uh, not a day over 72. So uh, for the next three years, you're the great grandpa. Yeah, we're going to get you in touch with you. Then, um, so yeah, if you've not seen, I would watch that middle bit. I would fast forward it to that bit at the end where the cat, because like it looks fake. It looks like uh, not terribly though. Like it's decent. It looks like Salem from uh, yeah, that's um, exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> from um, what's it like to bring the teeth? Yeah, uh, old Salem, not New Salem. Yeah, I really but... wanted the cat to say something as it was crawling out. I, I, sassy. I, for some reason, because you know, teen drama is like my, it's just my, my forte, apparently. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a mate, uh, because he's a big fan of those shows, and I said, well, what, what about Salem and the new Sabrina? And he's like, there's nothing, it's nothing like, like the Salem before. It's like, it's like a demon. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, then the, the last story in Tales from the Dark Side is, uh, the gargoyle one. Which has got James Remar from Dexter's dad. 
Oh yeah. But James Remar's got this two. He's got two phases of career. James Remar looks like what how he did in the Warriors, and then he looks like what, what he did in Dexter, and there's no in between. Was he also Raiden? In no, that's Christopher Lambert. Lambert. Not in both of them. Oh, was he? He might have been. I think he was also Raiden. Um, let's check it out. I think and Sex in the City, I believe. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Unless there's a guy that looks a lot like him. He's got that pretty distinct voice as well. Yeah, yeah. I I, so I forgot, I mean, obviously I've watched Warriors quite a lot, but then I didn't know he was Dexter's dad until like I sort of looked it up and went, ah, oh, you know, I suppose I can see the, the, the resemblance now. Mm. He's the one that apparently got kicked off of Aliens and got replaced with, um, oh. he was Hicks. Weird. Kicked and then why? Because he was a dick and wasn't working out. So James Cameron, like kicked him off and then Michael Bean he gave he, he, he um, called him up and said like hey this guy's not um working out can you come and like the armor because like so all the aliens uh cast got to uh design their armor and like all the sort of um shit that's on them cool um but he had to use James Remar's so like all that stuff's like just what he wanted so is that Michael Bean or Sean Bean Michael Bean <laughs> yeah. uh Reese yes uh, I can't see if Mark, uh, if um James Remar was in Sex and the City. It's weird because he's one of those guys. I mean, apparently, I might be confusing with someone else, but seeing him later in life, like you said, like Chris Noth. No. Okay. Cool. Um, he seems like a bit of a dick, but then seeing him like <laughs> in Tales from the Dark Side and seeing like a younger version, I was like, oh, maybe he hasn't always seemed like a piece of trash. Like he seems like a decent young man. So we'll do a spoiler alert for for what I'm about to say because it's just it's so fucking weird. Saw it coming a mile away, by the way. Um, so this guy, he leaves a bar drunk one night, and a gargoyle comes down and like murders a dude right in front of him, and basically says to him, "We're all good if you never tell anyone ever about this." Anyone. Anyone. Ever. And then like Promise me. He, he meets this he meets this girl and immediately they, afterwards. Immediately afterwards. And they start to have like a relationship and then he goes more and more and then like one night and they even have kids. They've got kids, it's ten years later. Yeah. He's and got then, a successful career. Yep. And then for one I and I for the life of me can't re- remember why he said it. Why he told... Because he felt he had a secret that he had to share. Yeah, so he says ten to his... Years ten years later. to his um, partner, I met a gargoyle once one night, and then turns out that she's a gargoyle, and he wakes up, and in one of the most grotesque, like, reveals ever, she's there with now their gargoyle son and daughter. <laughs> that pretty good. <laughs> They're like... Standing in the doorway. Father, Why? And then they we go. We loved you. And then they go. They go flying off, and they're just part of a building somewhere, like uh, Gremlins Two style. Yeah, and then, um, uh, yeah, then it just finishes. Oh no! Then we get the the wraparound bit, like um, Debbie Harry apparently just can't walk. No, because um, Matthew Lawrence starts making up his own story in the book, and it all comes true. Oh yeah, and yeah. It's like she slips over and stabs herself, and then she does, and then he runs out. I completely feel the rest of that movie. Um, yeah. Just back to part two, spoiler. Um, the old man gets his pills out mm. and he drops them. Yeah. Were they just like his antidepressants? Bone Were they pills. like suicide pills? Bone pills. Were they like 
cat anxiety meds. Cat anxiety meds. Like, I don't know. So desperately wanted to get these pills. I'm like, what? what I like, assume they're heart pills. I, like when I was watching, I was like, because like back then, like it was like, um, oh, like uh, Mrs. Flutterman in um, Gremlins. She oh, was yeah. always like, oh, my heart, I need my pills and all that stuff. So I, I, as a young child, I'm like, anyone can play about the heart problem. Just get a bunch of pills and you just take it, it's fine. Oh yeah, a cat's about to eat me. I'll take my heart pills now. Like the guy in uh, Dumb and Dumber. Oh yeah. a chili. Pills are good. <laughs> pills are good. So that's the movies for... Uh... <laughs> Slim pickings, <laughs> but I think it's the longest we've ever we've ever like. <laughs> yeah, and not worthwhile at all. Um, television was even slimmer pickings. There was no premieres or anything like that in Australia or America. Um, the only Simpsons episode which I was watching just before we re- started recording was Some Enchanted Evening. The bad babysitter. Yes, but I have some notes. Oh, so we didn't touch on this before, but with um, when I used to so when they went into sort of um reruns and stuff like that you you didn't know what it was going to be but if you saw that the school building was gray and not oh. yellow it's like well this is first season uh, <laughs> I think I um and then also uh the guy in the background when it cuts to homer like dropping the plutonium rod and oh, yeah, yeah. it used to be um it, it's usually now smithers and mr burns yep there's some some dude eating a sandwich in the background oh. um there the Bart doesn't go all the way through the town. He takes up the bus stop, and then the people at the bus stop run after the bus. Lazy. Like this is like yeah, and then like so like it's it's a thing of like oh there's all and I started watching the episode and it's actually Mar- Marvin Monroe was in like three of the first season episodes. Like it's yeah, what happened? What happened with that? Well, and I was watching it. And I'm like, this is actually a really good episode. And like I was I watched one the other night from the thirty first season, um, which wasn't bad. It's when um. That like Marge went to Portland for some reason to like become a lumber jill, and there's like heaps of um, this is a new one, right? Yeah, yeah. There's like a Janelle Monae joke, and I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, but like, it's all about how Homer's not paying attention to her anymore. Like, she calls in to adopt Marvin Monroe on 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 the um on the radio, mm. and then Homer goes to the bar afterwards, and like Mo's got black hair. Oh yeah, and um, there's that other dude. There's Barney, but there's also Larry, the guy that's wearing the jet. The, yep. And then like we don't know what happened to Larry. He's just in the nah. background all the time. Um, and Mo actually gives like some actual sage advice. He says to Homer, like, "Yeah, you are a pig. You need to go home and like wine and dine Marge and like take her out." And it's like, when oh, did this change? <laughs> it's kind of like that. Um, remember they did that episode? Was it? Was it the Max Power one? Maybe there was that one where there's this TV character called Homer Simpson. Yeah, yeah, that's Max Power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just suave and amazing. And yeah, Homer thinks it's great, and then they turn him into this idiot. Yeah, he's like this isn't what people want. And that's what the Simpsons did to themselves. Like no one wants like a good, helpful bartender. They just want some sleazy jerk. Yeah, and that's what because like Mo turned into like um this sort of. Very misogynistic, like very, very, like I mean, they make kind of joke that he's a sex pest, like yeah, basically the, the amount of times that he's like he goes into the the hey you behind the bushes, yeah, but also like he actually rocks up and apparently uh when Homer goes for mayor, he's like oh things are gonna change around here, and it's like oh this is how you register to become a sex offender, 
and Moe's like, oh, there's always a line. And it's like, ha ha, Moe's a sex offender. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, yeah. It's, think it's, about those things. No. <laughs> At the time, you're like, ha ha, yeah, that's not funny. And then the, um, the, then it sort of like um, goes on to, uh, they get the um, the babysitter who's uh, actually a uh, cat burglar. And um, she ties up the kids. Like, it's actually quite, it's like, it's just pretty much a home invasion. Yeah. Um, well, they invite her in, so it's not. <laughs> um, and then it's just like it plays out like really well. Like, I was surprised how much watching these uh, first season episodes, I thought that they weren't going to be great. And there's actually quite a lot of heart to them and quite a lot of um, the story done so good. And I suppose you've got James L. Brooks doing mm. stories, you've got Sam Simon. You've got the cream of the crop, like Schwarzwater, and um, yeah, like it's 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 actually quite interesting to watch. Not funny per uh, se. Moments. The moments are funny. Like I found myself actually actually laughing, like not like anticipating because it's been so long since I, I um I watched it. It's really good, um, and I think uh, I'm going to go back and watch a lot more of those those early run um, episodes. But at the end of the day a lot more interested to get to season two. Oh, no like doubt. It, like, I mean... Like, <laughs> the when, yeah. change is ridiculous from season one to season two. Yeah, I mean, even the, the flow of this, the um, the uh, the animation and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm trying to find the name of the babysitter because I can I can never remember it. Is yeah. Was she the um the baby bumper, whatever it was? Yeah, she's... Oh, Miss Bartz. Miss Bartz. Yeah, That's and Penny name. Marshall does the um the director. She does the uh, the voice for it. Um. Yeah. So definitely, uh, go back and revisit those. Uh, those first season episodes. Um, I'm looking forward to like the next season starts up. I think in our September October episodes, and the first episode of season two is one of my all time favorites. Is Bart gets an F, and we'll talk about that when we get to it. Uh, did we cover music yet? No. No. And I'm glad you said that because it's time for music. Alright, before we get into the releases, this yeah. was a prime time for uh, musicians to be arrested for <laughs> lewdness, but like, so there was, um in this month, the Canadian police, police threatened to arrest Madonna because in her Blonde Ambition tour, she did simulated masturbation on stage. So they, um, and apparently if you watch the tour film, which I'm actually kind of interested to see, like you can actually see them saying like, if you go on stage and do this, we, we might arrest you. We and, might. And, and they, they never end up doing it, but like, they basically made a big song and dance for like the media and stuff like that and saying like, to bring attention to the fact that she's being like lewd and stuff like that. So giving her free publicity. Yeah. And that's what she, and that's and how she used it. Yeah. It. Um, there was another, um, and we've, we've talked about in, um, previous episodes, there's, um, a, like a lot of rap groups at this time um were under fire for like um their lyrics and stuff like that there's um there's a, a bunch of different ones so but um yeah it's just interesting like um at the start of the 90s it was like it was really family focused and like even like christian ideals were the big things like you yeah. know you can't do that sort of stuff on stage you can't sing about that sort of and people were trying to start push those boundaries a little bit yeah 
But going in, so um, number one in Australia, um, ironically, was Vogue by Madonna, <laughs> and so it was in America. The, um, the song Vogue was um, taking oh my God, the world we're up to speed with America. Yeah. At the same time? Yeah. How did that happen? <laughs> Take a picture because it won't happen again. Uh, but we got we got some releases. And first of the block, we talked about him in another episode. Uh, he was nearly the T1000, but Billy Idol came out with a... Uh, <laughs> Billy Idol came out with a record that didn't have White Wedding on it, so no one gave a shit called <laughs> Charm Life. Yeah. I... Considered going through it, and I saw that uh, White Wedding wasn't on there. I was like, ah, oh, I don't need to listen to this. <laughs> I'll listen to something else. Okay, what else did you listen to? Um, I went through the Breeders Pod. Um, <sighs> how good is that album? It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I forgot about uh the Warm Gun cover. Yeah. That's really quite good. Yeah. Um, because I I hadn't given Pod much of a chance. It's always just like everyone has Splash. Last Splash is like one of my favorite albums of all time, but um, this one's like it's actually like more of a straight. Like, if if anything, Last Splash has got more experimental stuff on it than this one. Like, this one's like got like a more sort of like a bit punkier. Yeah, um, I like that. Um, there's so many instances listening to it where I was reminded of an interview uh, when Kim wanted to start the band, and her sister said, "I want to play lead guitar," and she's like, "But you can't play guitar," and she's like, "I don't care." <laughs> <laughs> and there's so many little spots now where you're like, <laughs> yeah, she can't. <laughs> but it works. Like, yeah, yeah. It was that kind of band. I had um, the biggest crush on the Deal Sisters back in the yeah. day. Like, there's a, for their last flash, there's a film clip for Saints. Yeah. 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 They were um, good people. What? They were good people. They were good people, If yeah. If we get to 2004, I have a, a nice Kim Deal story that I like to play up that's not a story it's not even an anecdote it's nothing um <laughs> it's like you're in the paper let's cut this out okay <laughs> no uh i listened to shut up and dance by paul abdul because i have found that early 90s R&B and rap is kind of my bag and i kind of like it the, uh, really yeah i listen to like that i listen to i even listen to the mc hammer one there's one that we forgot to uh, talk about, which is um, oh, fuck, why well, keep forgetting his name? I did not see this coming. I mean, like it's catchy and it's poppy, and I can see why people like it. But for someone who's just gone on about mountain goats <laughs> to say that they love early nineties, oh, there's a there's a there's a um, actually uh, you might even notice it if you if you listen to this group, which you probably won't. Um, a lot of the uh, some of the music that we've um, been provided us by the lovely Andrew Golding was based on this group called Cameo, which I found. Cameo, uh, an awesome R and B rap group from the early nineties, and I implore you all to listen to them because they're amazing. Although they're going to be hard to find now because of the newer Cameo app. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> You'll just see Steve Gutenberg and um, other people. Yeah. Uh, we also had Screaming Life and uh, Slash Fop by Soundgarden. So one of the First major releases from them, although they'd done Louder Than Love, Louder Than Love before that. Which I don't know if I'm just maybe a bit biased, but I love Louder Than Love, and I feel like Fop kind of. I don't know if they're experimenting a bit more. Oh, these what, were two the EPs. Was, like, the thing is, like this is like with um that was like with Green Day a few months ago. Like they did that that smoothed out on Slappy. Like that's three EPs put together. So like it's probably not their Grade A stuff, but like. See, I think Screaming Life is an EP, Fop is an EP, so like you probably got a 
couple of their not so great tracks on there as well um but bad motorfingers next i think which i'm looking forward to yes um are they were on rage once like presenting and like they did have this like really in in-depth interview about most of the songs in bad motorfinger you know that's that's why that's what made me fall in love with rage that's the other thing like knowing what's coming next and what's been before yeah like streaming life and fop is like how does this fit in like yeah. we going for something different it's kind of like um like when nirvana releases incesticide it's like you've got Nevermind and you've got uh in utero and incesticide is a good album but it's essentially a b-size album like it's yeah because no one considers it an album yeah i don't understand why um but it's just like it's all the stuff that they recorded like most of it's like been written before like around bleach time yeah i've been listening to nirvana more recently um for some reason just came up in my playlist and i'm like I haven't sat down and listened to Nirvana in a decade, and it's really good. There's some good Nirvana coming up as well. Yeah, there is. Uh, we've got self-titled by Wilson Phillips. Now, Wilson Phillips, I had no idea about. I'm pretty sure I heard. I'm pretty sure I've heard their songs like many times, but they came alive back to me with Bridesmaids because that's the group that she gets at the end of Bridesmaids to sing at the wedding. Do they do one of their own songs? Yeah, yeah. Do I know? Hold the song? on, hold on. Hold on. Let's Not. get the old player out. Ah, <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. I'm actually impressed that I already know it. I wish I had a lighter right now. <laughs> <laughs> that like I've never actually listened to the lyrics to that before. Yeah. Like I know the tune. It's I don't want to call it a classic. But <laughs> like Could you be song. right? Uh, I mean Are you are you looking at lyrics to it? It just sounds like it's some sort of pharmacy commercial or like for an ointment or remember in basketball when he's driving along in the Radio starts singing a song about his, the warts on his dick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it. Uh, maybe it's just because the tune and like the area where now it sounds all so cheesy. But why do you lock yourself up in these chains? So this is cameo. <laughs> oh, you found cameo. <laughs> yeah, this is cameo. Sorry. Sorry. Back to Wilson Phillips. <laughs> I know this pain. Why do you lock yourself up in these chains? No one can change your life except for you. Don't ever let anyone step all over you. I don't like the double rhyme on you. <laughs> no, Just I do not like that at all. open your heart and your mind. Is it really fair to feel this way inside? It almost could be like like a church, churchy song. Maybe. It just sounds like something your therapist tells you to write down <laughs> before you start This is day. a card that you walk around with. It's like... Yeah, don't I know what I know this pain. Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna keep, keep myself in chains. If you start crying, read out loud. <laughs> also, someday somebody's gonna make you want to turn around and say goodbye. What does that mean? So like So <laughs> Someday you're gonna meet someone. You wanna leave? Sunday's No, no, like I I take that as like someday you're gonna meet someone who's going so you're with she's with someone right now. Who's not mm. treating her right? Okay. And someday she's gonna meet someone that's gonna make her 
oh, go gonna, to her. She's gonna find a better man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you like that? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because until then, baby, are you gonna let them hold you down and make you cry? The fact that they say so, them though makes me think that maybe she's talking about like a really restrictive um, parents. Because now, like the ball and chain, like in like the the break these chains, like it's more, not more, it's not sure she's not in a <laughs> she's not. This is Wilson Phillips uh, lyrics um, rediscovered, or it's an abusive relationship. Because later on, are you comfortable with the pain? I reckon it's a, I reckon it's either that or restrictive parents, because they're sort of their main market is like young, like young teenagers. You've got so. no one to blame. You like how I just keep talking. To me <laughs> You've got no one to blame for your unhappiness. You got yourself into your own mess. Oh, that's not very nice. No, that's <laughs> self-deprecating. Like so, if it is an abusive relationship, that's not your fault. So they're helping him, and then like this is. I'm assuming, I'm assuming this is like third verse. Uh, yes. So like they're sick of like or the second. first after two verses. It was like you know what? It's actually your fault. So yeah. I'm, I don't know. The more I read, I'm like, uh, what's going on here? Wilson Phillips, please explain. I mean, I could just put song meaning after my search here, and <laughs> see what comes out. But, but that's all relative anyway. I mean, some yeah. some kid on the internet just decided that's what they think it's about. Oh yeah. Unless and- Wilson Phillips came out and said that it's about that, which people often do. But do you believe them? Well, if you can't trust Wilson Phillips, this is my life, life philosophy. If you can't trust Wilson Phillips, who can you trust? So, um, we've got uh, also Das Kapital. Um, are you a fan of Das Kapital? I don't know. That it's is. like Paul McDermott, Tim Ferguson, and the other guy whose name I can't remember. And I still don't know what it is. It's a um, it's an Australian thing. Yeah, comedy band. Like you know, Paul McDermott. He, oh, he, like he hosts like. Yeah, Let's yeah. Cut out like, that I mentioned tripod though because they don't deserve a mention. It's proto. It's proto tripod, protopod. Um, and we also had a. Um, this was a another album that got a fair bit of uh, notoriousness about it. If that's a word, uh, Ice Cube, future star of Are We There Yet? <laughs> oh. Um, I released, love those films. Released uh, America's Most Wanted, but America is spelled with a KKK. Hmm. And I'm going to go with... Wait, is that a... Don't try to apprehend him. Do this is a jam nowadays? Pretty much. Is this an office space? Uh, I think he might be asking it's, it's in something. Yeah, because you've definitely turned into Michael Bolton from Office Space. <laughs> yeah, uh, I yeah for some reason I don't know I just maybe back then because like my dad hated rap music so much. Did he call it crap? Music? Yes, he did. Yeah, and I was too scared to like like it, but like I've always had like an affinity towards like rap. I like, really like Beastie Boys and stuff like that, but I've just never like. Maybe I'm like, oh, I'm just not cool enough to like that. It's true. Yeah. But if you're going to do it in the privacy this, of your own car... This is coming from someone who's like... I know I'm white. I'm like, I have I listened to the Bare Naked Ladies this week, unironically. I'm white. It's fine. Oh. Um, but... Okay, but why were you listening to the Bare Naked Ladies? I like them. Oh. A lot. 
You know, there's other stuff out there. ESPN! <laughs> if that's the One path, week! If that's the path we're going down, <laughs> let's just get back to a karaoke man on song meanings who believes that Wilson Phillips was singing about an abusive relationship and he ends his little review with, Honey, he will never change. There are plenty of nice men out there. Oh, karaoke man sounds like he's been through some pain. He posted that in 2008. <laughs> that's... Uh, only what 18 years after the song came out i like um when you read imdb reviews and they're for a movie like so you like say you watched um oh no i watched uh watched goldeneye and i looked at the review and it's like um oh it's awesome like and it's like it's from 2002 and it's like oh man like they imdb was around in 2002 and they still got the review for goldeneye on there and it's just like I would love to, to like go back and go, do you still believe that? Because <laughs> it's not. Maybe they mailed it in and IMDb has uploaded it. <laughs> we finally yeah, because the internet movie database used to be a, a zine that people yep. were into. Um, the last one, and I do recommend uh, listening to this because it's like some really nice, um, I'm going to call it grungy stoner rock uh concrete blonde with uh bloodletting is actually not a bad album i didn't even look at that one if you ever wanted to uh check out all the releases for up to the month of 1990 from this podcast um you can look them up on spotify they're all under uh living in the past podcast and then the the month that they're in um i've tried to find them all some of them aren't available on spotify but uh you know we we text what we can get. Yeah. Um. That's May. We've done May, and our episodes are gradually getting longer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even mention Arcade Fire. I have a song called "The Month of May." That could have been our theme today. It could have been, but I don't want to. I pay don't it. know if they were born yet. Do but... you know Wim Butler did a solo album? That's not too bad. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, he's a good man. <laughs> um. Yeah. So uh, until uh, next month, which is June, which you are not on. I mean. I'm always here. <laughs> Even if I'm not here, I'm always here. Just depends if uh, the microphone is close to my face or not. If I'm not here and you hear a little tapping in the distance, that's Paul hasn't let me into the house. <laughs> Hello? It's uh, cold so, and there are wolves after me. <laughs> Until next time, if you're here, if you're not here, uh, I will see you later. I am Paul. I am Ben. See ya. Thank you once again for joining us for the month of May, the month of May, the month of May. That is a Arcade Fire referenced uh, for everyone out there. You are welcome. Just wanted to let you know if you wanted to send us some kind words, some mean words, or just some words at all. It is an email to livinginthepastpod at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Instagram. As always, some lovely people to thank at the end of this episode. Andrew Golding does our music for us. You can check out his stuff at www.antigold.bandcamp.com. Rebecca Sheedy does our artwork for us. You can check out her stuff at Miles Gribbling on Instagram. You can follow us on Spotify looking at our playlist. So basically searching Living the Past podcast and then the month that you want to listen to. Some good stuff in this month, definitely. You can follow me on letterbox.com, PD Lumsden, which includes a list of the movies that we've watched on the podcast so far. And once again, I just want to say thank you to everyone. We're really, really overwhelmed by the response to this podcast. It's been a blast. And uh, yeah, thanks for digging what we do. 
And of course, until then, sit back, look back, and relax. Bye.